0: Today Never Forget Radio presents something between a tour and a coffee table book. Have you ever been to the National Mall? Maybe on a middle school trip to Washington, D.C.? You've got equestrian statues, a phallic, pharaonic obelisk, Greek temples, neoclassical domes. you got columns, Doric, Ionic, Corinthian, marble, granite, white stone, white men, whitewashed history... There's the Vietnam Memorial, which is the one evocative postmodern gash of sorrow. Next to another temple, a recent World War II complex, which is kind of a crypto-fascist, Triumph of the Will-style monstrosity. There's some granite that says freedom is not free. And then you got some monuments to slaveholders. Slaveholders with guns, slaveholders with three-cornered hats, slaveholders on horses, slaveholders who freed their slaves after they were dead, slaveholders who regretted having slaves... Slaveholders who raped their slaves. Slaveholders who used their slaves' teeth to replace their own rotting teeth. There's no 9 11 memorial on the mall, but who knows what 2021 or 2051 will look like. Maybe it'll be part of a national memorial to all the cities lost due to unaddressed climate change. Anyway, this is part one of Empty Sky Rising, a new series from Never Forget Radio that examines 9 11 memorials around the region and the country. This coffee table book is a commuter's oral tour of publicly consecrated spaces. As your host I'll finally be using my minors in art history and architectural humanism from Wikipedia University. We'll try to understand how we try to understand time and memory history and loss. We're also going to discuss some recent events because you've got to start. That's the way the tragedy and history work. It's never too soon to remember. Because for most people, it's never too soon to forget. Oh, it's so hard to remember. Welcome to Never Forget Radio, where, from the comfort of your own home or your device, and from the safety of the future, we can revisit the memory of 9-11 of George W. Bush, And of all the years associated with both sins, it's been over a decade of disappointment, failure, and disaster. I'm no expert, but I'll be your host as we explore our recent past and try to reclaim it. Let's roll. 9-11 wasn't just an American tragedy. Hundreds of victims were citizens of other countries. And it wasn't just a tragedy for urban D.C. and New York or rural Pennsylvania, but it was also a suburban commuter one. And that's why there are so many memorials. Almost every subway line will get you near the World Trade Center, but thousands came daily from outside of the city. And out of almost 3,000 dead, 274 were from Staten Island, 178 from Suffolk, 344 from Nassau, 152 from Connecticut, 109 from Westchester County, where I grew up, from where my father commuted to the World Trade Center from the late 90s until August 2001, and 746 victims were from New Jersey. The title Empty Sky Rising comes from two of the most high-profile 9-11 memorials in the region, Empty Sky in Jersey City and The Rising in Valhalla, New York and two songs on Bruce Springsteen's 2002 album, The Rising, called Empty Sky and The Rising. It's called Empty Sky Rising not just because of these two specific memorials and songs, but also because of the negative space component to so many of these places. Negative space is an artistic term for the absence that makes forms discernible, like the white space around words that makes it possible to read them, Negative space allows the eye to differentiate between what is and what isn't there. Almost every 9-11 memorial has some kind of negative space component, like upward thrusts of steel drawing the eye to soaring open spaces above, or gaps encased by the structures. As if all the designers were trying to imitate the ready-made memorial that was created on September 11th, the true shock of empty space in Lower Manhattan of absent forms that now existed only in memory. That absence that everyone remembers, that empty sky over ground zero, was the true and initial memorial of the tragedy, along with the hopeless wall of pell-mell impromptu signs full of heartbroken messages from people looking for any information about their missing loved ones. Before the dignified and cold uniformity of all the official places, these were the initial organic memorials. They were there before the unprotested erection of the Freedom Tower, which is memorial only to capitalism that dishonors a space far more than any religious institution would. Before the endlessly reproduced photographs of the undestroyed skyline that were instantly featured by every street vendor. Before those images of iconic pouncing eagles, American flags. Before the tattoos. Before the t-shirts. Before the wars. Before the colorful ribbons adorning cars. Before the commodification of loss there was empty sky. If the empty sky above ground zero is the first memorial, what has risen to match it? What have we raised to meet it? What is rising in our empty sky? The series is also called empty sky rising because so often not only do these places use negative space as a design element, but they also become negative spaces through cold symbolism, architectural conformity, and belligerent nationalism. At best, they honor and remember the people who were lost. At worst, their ugly temples consecrated only to primal revenge. And in between, there are patterns and cliches. If you travel the region, you'll see desert-like plazas boundless and bare beside two vast and trunkless legs of stone, and near them kneeling firefighters or helmets, gardens, groves, and orchards, eternal flames, flags, eagles, angels, crosses, and lots of bagpipes. It's easy to reduce memory to mimicry, to reduce reverence to iconography, emotion to slogan, history to numerology, poetry to parody, music to bagpipes there must be some heartfelt tributes like the Vietnam Memorial among all this patriotic dreck. Actually, there are a lot of Vietnam Wall-style 9-11 memorials. Mylan's once revolutionary design, her understated wall of names, has now been endlessly repeated. We can't know how many communities have 9-11 memorials or how many places have been renamed since the tragedies. How many Liberty Parks, Liberty Airports, Liberty Avenues, Flight 93 Memorial Highways, or streets named after individual victims, or the Ozymandian Freedom Tower? And do these renamings match the amount of things named for the Union after the Civil War? How many Union squares and Union stations? How many Grand Army plazas and Farragut Streets, Sheridan Squares, and Lincoln Highways? How many Columbus Circles, Columbus Avenues, and Columbus Parks do we have left over from 1892? How many 9-11 memorials do we have in the greater New York, the megalopolis, the tri-state area, dedicated to one or two or a hundred dead, with the burden of tragedy distributed over all these little municipalities touching all these other lives, relatives, friends, co-workers, and how many more people have near-miss stories, and how many spirally layers of memory and loss travel daily with their owners, simmering in subsurface? New York is a city that is roughly the size of Baghdad and a metropolitan area that boasts 22 million people to Iraq's 31. Who will build monuments to each of the people killed by Americans there? Who will even count them? Each tragedy spirals out, affecting nearby people and generations, rippling, supernovaically expanding. Maybe we should build memorials for something else. Maybe we should start having moments of silence for the future. There are hundreds of memorials to 9-11 they all have the same narrative. Maybe what we need is millions more, different and diverse, thoughtful and angry and sad. We need memorials not just to the calamities of the future, but to the intentionally forgotten tragedies of the past and the ignored ones of the present. As a society, we forget, doubt, and outright deny the experiences of people of color. We build few memorials to black people killed by the police or by suspicious neighbors. Few memorials to Muslim Americans or people just mistaken for Muslim Americans and then targeted by bigots or to trans and queer victims of domestic terrorism or those whose lives are destroyed by mass incarceration. Few memorials to indigenous people. Only rarely, grudgingly, and decades later do we build memorials to anyone but the white. I don't mean to dishonor anyone by talking about these other tragedies. Remembrance should be a big tent. Tragedy should be inclusive. there's a connection between restated remembrance and continued silence. We choose to remember one of these tragedies while equally choosing to forget the rest. 9-11 memorials honor the victims of a terrible thing. But they also represent a whitewashing of the past and the solemn fixing into history of an exclusionary narrative. Women died on 9-11. People of color died on 9-11. Women of color died. Not everyone was a white guy with a mustache. That's the impression you get from these memorials, their annual ceremonies, and the broad cultural narrative. The voices of those who don't fit into this narrative have been drowned out. Literally, with bagpipes. The police do not own 9-11, or our public spaces. We all do. Too often these places claim to be the property of everyone while in practice becoming exclusionary temples to the few, sacred ground only for the white, negative space, white space, empty sky. Many of these memorials were built with state funds and they show very well the kinds of people we see as worthy of remembrance, the kinds of bodies we perceive as able to be harmed. People of color are not seen as full people in this country. Violence against them does not register, does not move. Essentially, does not happen in the minds of white Americans. And for each Emmett Till, Diallo, and Trayvon Martin, how many unrecorded victims, how many near-miss encounters with a murderous, terroristic system, how much daily fear. I think there's still space enough left on the mall for a national monument to the victims of a racist state. I can't think of a better use of public funds. Than a public apology. But then again, speaking for others, even and especially the silenced and the marginalized, is problematic. While trying to speak for and in support of silenced people, I might end up helping and assisting in abetting that silencing. Like a mustached bagpiper, I might drown out the voices of the oppressed or conflate their concerns or take away their power even further. Maybe I should try to stick to my own people. Part 2 of Empty Sky Rising will focus on the things that I do know, that I can speak about. The New York area white middle class commuters, the baby boomer generation, and Bruce Springsteen. a man for who several 9-11 memorials and this series are named. Each episode of this coffee table book will focus on a different memorial. Only reaching ground zero itself after a commodious vicus of recirculation takes us to the sacred places all around the region. We'll commute to Bayon, New Jersey, Jersey City, Hoboken, Valhalla, New York, and White Plains, and Westport, Connecticut, East Meadow, Long Island, to Maspeth, Bay Ridge, Breezy Point, St. George, Staten Island, to Battery Park, to Battery Park City. Hopefully... Among all these cliches, among all the memorials, we'll also find art in a hopeless place. Then again, 9-11 memorial designers have turned found art into a cliché as well, with their overuse of World Trade Center steel as ready-made sculpture. This should illustrate the folly of trying to affix permanent meaning to anything. What started out as a mundane structural element has now been transubstantiated into a sacred symbol. But eventually, over the years, the meaning of these memorials will recede, and they'll be just public parks named for long-forgotten history. But at least, Americans have decided that this disaster merits memorialization, that it will be history. Sadly, we don't accord that honor to every tragedy. And because of the way we value different kinds of human lives, some events will have state memorials that will last for centuries. And others, will just have to keep alive ourselves.
1: Never Forget Radio is a production of Book Style Publications, currently located in West Philadelphia. Part 2 of Empty Sky Rising will examine the New Jersey State 9-11 Memorial, Empty Sky, and the Bruce Springsteen song, Empty Sky. Music for this episode was created by Cave Cricket and Old Table. You can hear more at cavecricket.bandcamp and oldtable.bandcamp. Deconstructionist bagpipers, please contact us at Never Forget Radio on Facebook, Gmail, Bandcamp, or Tumblr, or Never Forget Pod on Twitter. All of our episodes can be downloaded for free. If you'd like to support this project, please feel free to donate any amount. The 9 11 Memorial and Museum at Ground Zero have cost over a billion dollars. Today's quote is a tweet by Ariana Coleman. You should follow her at Ariana Marie. I know it's a lot, but we should consider the role that memory and forgetting play in the privileging of privileged bodies in pain. Thank you. And never forget.